A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm rolling. Should we do a sync clap? Sure. What's that? Three, two, one, clap. You want to try Did it again? that count? Sure. Three, two, one, clap. I think they can marry those. One more. Three, two. How about, how about this? How about this? Uh-huh. How about this? Why don't we clap on one? Okay. Ready? One. No. <laughs> count down. Three, two, one. One. Okay, ready? You count. Three, two, one. That was great. Mine was synced. All right. Is there a delay? Well, there's sometimes a lag, but with the magic of post-production, we can fix that. (sighs) Magic of double P. Uh, Welcome to Movie Crush, everyone. I think we should leave all that stuff in. I'm here in Atlanta, and I'm... Speaking with my old pal in his above-ground bunker in Brooklyn, New York, Mr. John Kellogg-Hodgman. Yes, that's right. That is my middle name. K-E-L-L-O-G. That's H-O-D-G-M-A-N. Right. No E in Hodgman. You would never make that mistake, Chuck. But some of my oldest friends in the world still spell my name incorrectly. Really? Oh, yeah. They're like John, J-O-N, H-O-D-G-E-M-A-N, which is both of those are incorrect. You got to cut them but loose. Yeah, I know. Now's the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Now's the time. Now that we're all home alone, it's time to reevaluate all the friendships. So start making a list and checking it twice. I thought that we My, would uh, catch up on the air. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm. You know, I'm holed up and holding up. You know, we're all, we're okay here in in Brooklyn. You know, for me, my. You know, for for my for my wife and our children, obvious disruption because. She is a high school teacher, my sure. wife that is, 
and our daughter and our son are, are high school students at all different high schools. So they're all, you know, dis- distance learning, distance teaching, which is a big adjustment. Yeah. But my life is very similar <laughs> to, to what it's been for the past couple of years since I kind of got off the road and have been homebodying it up and writing books anyway and podcasting. With your N95 mask on. I don't have it. I don't, I don't have one. I would, <laughs> I mean, I guess you can't donate those things. I had a couple. But, uh, did you really? Well, I had a couple. Oh, right. Cause in the house. For, yeah. Sanding down wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be, being a, 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 a handy masculine man. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. I think. Well, I mean, compared to me, I'm you're, you're Conan the barbarian. <laughs> you're looking a little scruffy. You're looking good. Thank you. I have not checked my, we're not recording the video. I do not believe. So people just have no. to believe that I, I look like, a, as I always say, the part-time bookkeeping, uh, the part-time bookkeeper for the duck dynasty. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. That's good. No, no, that's an old, it's an oldie, but okay. So just enough to where you can do some of their handiwork for them. No, I mostly just say you're, spe- you're spending too much on, um, confederate flags let's edit that out you're, sp- you're spending too much on colloidal silver uh pills i don't know duck dynasty why are we even talking about them anymore it's been too that's mi- the ancient past i'm glad to say spend too much on chlorinique hydroxychloroquine is that is that the other one aren't there a couple of them the one that uh the one that's supposed to be the the cure-all for the covid19 well, I mean, I don't, you heard the breaking news yesterday that we can uh, bathe in UV light and inject disinfectant into our bodies. Yeah, I've been wasting all my time bathing in Purell. I could have <laughs> set up a grow op in my in my uh, in my bathroom in my in my shower stall. Yeah. No, yeah, I had to learn how to pronounce hydroxychloroquine because it, I feel like it just was bugging me that. Yeah, Donald Donald Trump could pronounce it effortlessly, and I <laughs> and I was going hydroxychloroquine. Oh, I think there was a great deal of behind the scenes effort there, my friend. Uh, well, yes, but I mean, you know, it just it just goes to show you that he that you know when he puts his mind to something, he can do it. <laughs> if yeah, the like, job is to pronounce this this sure. snake oil or to win the, the the fucking presidency. Are we keeping this in? But sure, this is the show. Oh, okay. I just don't know your audience. You know what I mean? Some people might hate this, but that's just the world we live in right now. Everybody out there who voted for Donald Trump, you are you are my you are my neighbors, mm-hmm. and I love you. I'm I have some quarrel with your decision making, but that's mm-hmm. okay. We'll we're gonna get out of this together somehow. <laughs> so, John, uh, today a, th- a couple of things. I think it's um, if I'm not mistaken, is it Jesse Thorne's birthday? Yes, Chuck, um, it is. <laughs> it certainly is. Hang on one second, please. <laughs> do, 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 do. Text, text, text. Jesse. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. That's right. It is his birthday. That's right. Because I'm supposed to get on a call with him later. Yeah, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. And I only know yeah. that because Look, of... here's the thing. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, Chuck. <laughs> Time has no meaning. Days are blurring together. Yeah, exactly. Reality, reality is collapsing. And we all, we're all doing the best we can right now. 
Yeah, well, well you, you know what? That leads me to our first little segment. Uh, what we have been doing for these mini crushes is starting off with reading out um, some of the Facebook messages. I asked for what positives are people experiencing during this time sure. because it's making sure. us all feel better to sure. talk about that stuff. And in lieu of that, I thought we'd talk to you about what positives that you and your family have experienced thus far. Well, come on, man. There's got to be one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the obvious positive is that um, we're, we're all, uh, you know, physically sound. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, uh, I, I won't go, I won't go into details cause they're meaningless details, but there were a couple of days that I had a eye fever and uh, some difficulty breathing and who knows if this was this, or this was just, you know, nerves or something else. Wow. We'll never know. Luckily it resolved. You might as, know. As well, you know, if anyone ever finally knocks on my door and says, do you want to take a test? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um. You know, we'll never, we'll never know ex unless there is a test. And even now the serology tests for antibodies are, are not proving to be particularly reliable. So yeah. eventually we may or may not know, but you know, those were, those were days of, uh, hard to manage terror. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, on balance, I am gl glad that I went through both because my hope is, you know, knock wood. That's something you have in your house. You sand it down. Uh -huh. You're a very handy person. Um, my, my hope is that, you know, it means the fact that I recovered from whatever it is I had and, and my family didn't get sick would suggest that we've, we've got a, a, a little bit of a antibody firewall up. Yeah. So that, but you know, it really does bring into relief, you know, that after that was after a week or two out, uh, out of the world and the beginning of a feeling of like, this is a snow day. And then a reminder, this is not a snow day. This is a public yeah. health crisis that, right. um, that is affecting a lot of people very, very adversely and tragically. So that's the the big pause. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every day I get up and I'm like, uh, you know, this is, this is really good. I've also, I've also have some new soft clothes that, uh, yeah. I'm really getting into elastic waistbands a little bit. <laughs> You know, as I, as I've been sliding into middle age, that was always the place where I would not go. Like, I'm not going to go to elastic waistbands as a lifestyle choice, but now well, who cares, you know? So you wouldn't even wear your soft clothes around the house? N no, I would, I would wear them around the house, but I would feel like a, like a sluggard, a layabed. Uh -huh. But now, <laughs> but now I feel like that's half my job. Right. You know, is, to, is to, is to sleep. And mark time and uh, have intense dreams. Um, and then, you know, the other, you know, the, so that that's the positive. We had some, you know, uh, we had some good news. Our daughter got into the college that she wanted to go to. But oh, then, man, that's great. Yeah, it's very exciting. And, you know, we kind of, she had been deferred after having applied early and had kind of made her peace with the, the statistical likelihood that she would not get in. So it was uh -huh. a very happy surprise. That's excellent. But, but you know, it's, it's also like, there's a big question mark as to whether colleges will even happen in the fall. Yeah. So, you I'm kind of with you there. 
everything is is uh, is somewhat haunted by this. Luckily, you're in Georgia where things are about to open right back up again. It's just going to be we're great business as usual. Yeah, man, we're solid. You're show show all us blue states that we got we got a little cuckoo over nothing. I can't wait, man. Just a, <laughs> I'm going. Just uh, a little, yeah, where I'm are you going gonna to go? I'm going to get my nails done. Yep. Uh, because I want to have them all nice before I go bowling. Yep. And then I'm going to go to, I'm going to hit the gym and get a massage afterward. I would go to the tanning salon, get some of that UV light. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, even though it's all, it's even though it's all a, it's all an overblown liberal hoax. I mean, why not, why not bathe in the wisdom of, uh, of our betters? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about, what about you? What's been in pause for you? Well, I mean, I'm at home a lot anyway. I don't have a job where I'm in the office, you know, 40 hours a week or anything like that. So, right. um, but it has been nice just for all three of us to be here all the time yeah. together. Yes. Uh, not without its challenges, to be sure, with a, a close to five-year-old, but um, who doesn't quite understand things. But we've been having a pretty good time. I'm glad to hear that. And the nice thing is that you have... I have I have been a guest in your home. You're a very gracious host. Thank you. Wonderful guest room. Everyone should go check it out. <laughs> Chuck's sure. address is. <laughs> Come on out. But I mean, you uh, uh, you have you have rooms. You know what I mean? That is a that is a big Atlanta advantage. Right. So you have a home with rooms. Uh-huh. Whereas here in Brooklyn, we have uh, uh, an apartment with a room. Your place and is some, great, though. Yeah, and some sleeping pods. But you know. <laughs> We we have some we have some escape valves, you know. Our 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 apartment building is kind of half occupied at the moment. It's a little, it's a little twenty eight days later feeling because a lot of people hightailed it. I thought you might hightail on. it to uh, Maine, but uh, no. Yeah, we have a, we have a home in Maine, and that was a, initially our our you know immediate thought, especially that of my wife who loves Maine more than any other place or person on earth. She was like, if school's canceled, we're out of here. Yeah. Not, not necessarily for any particular public health reason, but because it's like, why not? Let's go to Maine ASAP. That's her, you know, she's got a car idling in her brain ready to go at all times. Yeah, I would have, Maine. I would have done that. But it didn't take much of a moment to think that that, that was not going to be a good, a, a great idea because uh, on the one, on this was, you know, on the one hand, you know, she's still got to teach and the kids still got to learn. So we need all the broadband we can get. Right. And like a lot of rural communities, mm-hmm. um, uh, internet, internet is, uh, h- hard to get. Not so great. Yeah. Which is, you know, part of the infrastructure that I hope we get around to fixing in this nation. Maybe this experience will sort of open some eyes in the, the next administration, wherever it may come. Yeah. How important, how important it is to make sure that rural communities are not at a digital disadvantage. I'm sure Trump um, will figure that out in years five through eight. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and as well, you know, uh, Maine is uh, statistically one of the oldest states. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ce- celebrating its bicentennial as a state. So it's not the oldest state, but the population is quite elderly. Right. And their healthcare system is um, small, obviously much smaller, even proportionate to their population than New York. And then there was the thought, well, what if I went up there and got, and got sick, I'd be putting a burden on there because right. I have asthma and, you know, I'd be putting a burden on their healthcare system and, and, and maybe, you know, not, not necessarily getting the care that I need. 
right? While also taking a bed away from someone who could benefit from it. Well, and but uh, all of that, all of that changed pretty quickly when we realized, yeah. oh, wait a minute. You know, we're trained by movies, which is what this podcast is all about. Yeah. We're trained by movies like I, I Am Legend and 28 Days Later and all every zombie movie that we are the hero of the story. We're, th- mm-hmm. we're trained to think that we're the hero of the story, A, and B, we are the uninfected and our job is to run from the infected or to barricade ourselves away from the infected. When the the reality that it's taking people, it's a real hard mental leap to understand. Like n- my doctor said very early on, so most of us are going to get this. Most of us probably already have it. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the weird thing about this virus is that it is, uh, it affects people in wildly different ways. Some yeah. people get it and never, never show a symptom. It's crazy. And, and it's wildly contagious, even if you don't have symptoms. So it didn't take us as much of a second to realize, oh, wait a minute, we're already, as people from away in Maine, we're already considered to be yeah, an dirty. invasive species. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we're already problems, you know, we're, we're just, pro- we're just headaches with money, you know? So if we, if we end up being highly contagious fevers, then our money doesn't count anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, so we decided to stay away from our, our neighbors. Our, you know, we've been... We've 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 lived there part time now for almost five six years, and you know we love our we've come to love our neighbors, and I think our neighbors have come to tolerate us, and mm-hmm. we don't want to ruin that relationship by swanning up there in our plaid pants, licking their doorknobs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can read about all this good stuff in a couple of great books, if I'm not mistaken. Sure, Lost in a Mountain in Maine, a classic boy's tale of getting lost <laughs> in a mountain in Maine. Also. <laughs> My two books, the one-two punch of of, uh, of uh, autobiography by me, John Hodgman, Vacation Land, which is named for the motto of the state of Maine, and Medallion Status. Yeah, both. Great. And the other big pause, it's since we're pl- since we're plugging, and this is not something I plug in order to, in order to make any money. It's just something I plug because I enjoy doing it. One of the big positives for me is that I I had been doing this thing last year on and off every now and then called Get Your Pets, where I go on Instagram live uh-huh. and people request to join my video and I select them and then I interview their cats and dogs and other pets. Uh-huh. And as soon, as soon as the, as soon as the, you know, quarantine lockdown, stay at home, whatever you want to call it came in, I was like, well, I'm stuck at home and I know a lot more people are stuck at home than ever. Hey, that's great for the their, get your pets business. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a biz. It's just like, I want to, it's more like I, I really need some, you know, a, a emotional support animal therapy. Yeah. I want to see some pets. It's very, you know, looking at a dog, as you well know, is, uh, you know, a, a, a hard shot of serotonin straight to the brain. You feel good. Yeah. When you pet a dog or a cat or a snake or a, we've had a couple of chameleons on Get Your Pets. Really? K- Kermit the chameleon and then Dave the discount chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> Met Dave the discount chameleon yesterday. Dave is one of the many pets of uh, a, a woman named Amanda, who is a, a grounded flight attendant. Oh wow! And she, she said, "Yeah, we were get we were at the we were at PetSmart, getting a getting a mouse for our snake Annabelle, and we saw Dave the chameleon was there and it was highly discounted. Oh! And when we asked, when we asked why, the PetSmart person said, "Because he's a he's an asshole." 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say he doesn't change color or something like that. No, well, I mean, maybe he does, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But like he he hisses and he's mean. Uh-huh. And Amanda felt so bad that she took him in, so now he's Dave the Discount Chameleon. Um, it's just so much fun to you know part of you know the other podcast I do ostensibly for money is Judge John Hodgman, and I want to thank all the Maximum Fun members who are hanging in there with their memberships going maximumfund.org slash join. But, you know, uh, judge John Hodgman is the, the joy of it for me is getting to, to peer at least audiophonically into the lives of other people all over the country and the world and get your pets. I can actually see into their homes and see their cats and dogs and see their litter boxes and their snakes and their turn. You know, Danny in Pittsburgh has a rabbit named Ampersand and 20 hissing cockroaches that she didn't bother to name <laughs> in a tank on purpose. Yeah, it's just well, John, you know, I have, learn about people and stuff. It's I, have, I have pictures of you in my sunroom with my animals literally sitting all on top of you. Yeah, I loved all your dogs. Nico, I don't remember their names. That's all right. Nico yeah, and Charlie don't... were the dogs and they were Nico and Charlie. Nico on your lap. And I believe I have pictures of my cats Levon and luna also sitting on you in various ways right i knew that there was more than just the two dogs they're all the there's a large menagerie there in the chuck bryant home always always got to have but two and two at least are you sure you don't have a third dog wandering around in there i don't Could be possible so. <laughs> i'm looking now <laughs> i feel like like a ghost dog mm, shout out to jim jarmusch well, also, while we're plugging too, one of the uh, segments I had teed up here is uh, one of your projects that you have been doing with uh, the wonderful and charming Elliot Kalin. Oh, right. uh, yeah. I have not listened yet, but I would love for you to talk a little bit about iPodvius. Well, okay. I guess Latin-wise, it should be pronounced iPodius. Podius? Okay. <laughs> but... We pronounce it iPodius. It is a podcast about... Oh, Podius, cl- okay. Yeah, it's a podcast about the classic 1976 BBC prestige drama miniseries about ancient Rome called I, Claudius. And in 1976, I mean, this thing was the Game of Thrones of its time. It was wildly popular, scandalous because of its frank sexual content and nudity. Uh-huh. It's a it's a it's a twelve part drama about the the lives of the the Claudian, I guess it's the uh, the Augustus slash Claudian family, the ruling family of Rome, mm-hmm. right at the right at the uh, you know turn of uh, BC to uh, Anno Domini, after Augustus, the first emperor of Rome, had seized power. And it is told from the point of view of Claudius, who is Augustus's step grandson, who has a stammer and a limp. And everyone presumes he is the dumbest person in Rome, but he's, but he is not immediately put to death because he's a member of the Royal family. Uh But in fact, he's incredibly smart and he records the the family history, including all the stuff that you don't hear about, like the backstabbings, the literal backstabbings, the the figurative backstabbings, the literal front stabbings, <laughs> the actual po- the actual poisonings. And it's just this incredibly juicy family soap opera all wrapped up in this, like with some of the greatest character actors in British history from, you know, uh, Sean Phillips, the famous Welsh actress to Derek Jacobi, who plays Claudius. Brian Blessed plays Augustus. Patrick Stewart plays a villain named Sejanus and he's and, and he has hair is right. a, a toupee on, which is very unnerving. 
Um, so many incredible, uh, John Hurt plays Caligula, just incredible British actors in or before their prime, like before they had really been discovered, like Sir Patrick Stewart. And and it's all wrapped up in, the, in this incredibly shabby package because, of course, they had about thir- 35 pounds sterling with which to make this thing. And the entire the entire show is set, I think Elliot and I counted, it's, it's, it's shot on, I think, five sets. Uh-huh. And they all, they all look like they're being filmed. They're being filmed like with a, uh, a, one of those video cameras you used to rent from the video store for, a, for a birthday party Yeah, in someone's, in someone's rec room painted up to look like ancient Rome. Right. Uh, it's just, I mean, from an acting standpoint, from a sort of history of television standpoint, from a history of Rome standpoint, and just like a juicy miniseries standpoint, it's just one of my favorite pieces of culture of all time. So last year, when Elliot Kalin, who's the co-host of a great podcast called The Flophouse, yeah, big about fan. terrible movies, Elliot and I were doing some promotion for for the Maximum Fun Network, our our shared podcast network, uh, during their fun drive last year. And when I learned that he had not ever seen I Claudius, um. I, I I dared him that if we reached a certain fundraising goal to record a, a miniseries, a recap miniseries about it. And we reached that goal, I'm glad to say. And and over the course of the fall, uh, he and I re, you know, rewatched and talked about all the episodes of I, Claudius. And we ended up interviewing uh, Patrick Stewart. Oh, uh, no way. And, That's great. Yeah. Uh, the, the, fa- the, the famous uh, podcast historian of Rome, Mike Duncan, comes in um lots and lots of people associated with the with the uh production and then jordan cowling our producer got in there and just mixed it all together in such a beautiful way so it really ended up being i think a lot more than the sum of its parts a lot of people you know have been saying to me i've i've listened to the podcast i've never seen an episode of i claudius and it's still a ton of fun but i would encourage people if they're home and they don't have anything else to do Check out Acorn TV uh, or your local library. Hoopla is a streaming service that connects to your library card, uh, and and get your or iTunes. Get your hands on some iClaudius because it's really it's a really great watch. Yeah, and then you know follow along with us as as uh, Elliot and I talk about it on iPodius. I can't wait. Uh, I've been looking forward to that because I'm a big flop house guy. I love Elliot. And yeah, when you get, when you guys started talking about this, it, it really wet my appetite. I've just been binging another show, but I'm I'm about to catch what up. Have you on been, that. What, what have you been binging? Uh, I've been binging the Scott Ackerman, Adam Scott, U uh, two and REM podcasts. Oh yeah, right, exactly. That's sure, of course. That's so great. yeah. So I've been doing that, and I'm almost done with those. And there's a lot of them, and then I'm freed back up, and I have a lot of great stuff on the on the back iron that I can now uh, back burner that I can now get into. Well, you and em- you and Emily should watch I Claudius, and then whether or not you listen to I Claudius, you should watch I Claudius. It's great. Uh, don't let your daughter in the room, yeah, because it's it's <laughs> it's scandalous, and a big a big you know I uh, uh, you know for me going back to when I first watched I Claudius all the way through in the nineties, it was because I like so many other children of public television watchers had been traumatized wandering in, yeah to the television room while my parents were watching John Hurt uh-huh. d- do his cuckoo murder dance yeah. with, a, with his nude sister bride or whatever. And <laughs> one of the great pleasures of iPodius was, uh, was getting letters from people recounting their own 
childhood traumatic experiences, right. <laughs> either, you know, being, 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 uh, 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 what is it? Being exposed to I Claudius in inopportune times, like, right. Uh, and including a lot of Latin, high school Latin classes oh, would watch it and the, oops. and the te- and the teachers would like run to cover up the screen with a manila folder when, right. Because there's nudity in it and stuff. It's fun. There's an orgy. Well, of course. I can't wait to see it. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 
Well, we're going to move on to a segment, John, that I don't think that we did with you the other times that you appeared on the mini crushes. It's a little segment called Hodgman's Holes. Yes. Wherein I list out 20 movies uh, of a specific genre, in this case, indie films. And you have to tell me whether or not you have seen this movie and your holes will be exposed. I have a lot of holes, Chuck. Well, I know about your holes. No, but I mean, in this particular regard, if you indie movies, I bet you there's a lot I haven't seen. So I just want you to prepare. All right. Listeners, prepare yourselves. I I, pretend to know a lot about stuff, but I don't know everything. All right. I've got my Sharpie out. I've got my yes column and my no column. And we're going to start out with a little indie movie, uh, the screen debut of a certain young actress, a movie called Winter's Bone. Yes, seen it. Okay. Starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That's right. No, it's... <laughs> is that West Virginia detective movie where she, she's the she's the teenage detective. Uh, that's right. And someone kills tracking, someone. Tracking down her deadbeat dad, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I forget the name of the, act, the Gen- actor. Jennifer, t- t- uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I think. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. That's right. She's great. Her debut. Her debut. So I'm, no, lo- I'm losing a lot of brain cells during this quarantine. I got to tell you. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Okay, go ahead. All right. Number Next. two, John, a little movie called little miss sunshine. Saw it. Okay. Yeah. I saw that so far. So good. Number three, John, the third movie of a trilogy thus far trilogy. That was, hang on. That was directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. A little miss sunshine. Yeah, and yeah. I worked with them for a long time on a script after that. Oh, and really? we had a great time. They were wonderful. They're wonderful. The script went. The script did not end up happening, of course. Well, that's how it, was, it usually but, goes, right? But I adore them. And Little Miss Sunshine is great, great, great. And I'll say one more time: great movie. I love it. I tell you what, in that movie, that I'm bit that I could not get enough of, and I laugh every time I see it, is the uh, that weak Volkswagen horn getting stuck, <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally just going. I just remember early on in the movie when they pick up Alan Arkin and he just starts casually shooting up heroin in the back of the yeah. microbuster. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I'm all, I'm along for this ride. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so number three is the, uh, the third movie of a trilogy, thus far a trilogy from a, a filmmaker named Richard Linklater, a movie called Before Midnight. I saw the first one. Before sunrise. Before sunrise. And that's it. That was a 90s thinky rom-com jam. Not com, not com. Rom drum. Rom drum. Rom drum thinky smarty pantsy Julia Delpy Ethan Hawkey thing. Yes. And then I think I saw so it was before sunrise and then it was like before lunchtime. What was the next one? <laughs> I think it was post brunch. <laughs> Before lunch, mid afternoon nap, <laughs> the one where they got back together, you know, I, I ten years sun, later, before sunset, and then before midnight. It was the third. Yeah, I I saw before sunset, and I'm like, I don't ever need to see these people ever again. Okay, well, that's sad. I don't care what time of day or night they're meeting. <laughs> All right, number four, uh, an indie film that that got a lot of acclaim that I still have not seen from a few years ago called Moonlight. Yeah, I saw it. I'm doing good, Chuck. You're doing great. That was ama- That was an amazing movie. I got that on a screener because I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, well. 
Yeah. But I mean, you know, like get getting screeners for awards consideration is this huge mental burden because you think you're getting free movies, but what you're really getting is homework. Right. A and B piles and piles and piles and piles of DVDs. Like, what do you like? Who wants these? <laughs> no, do I don't to- even know. I don't even like, it's hard to find a DVD player to put this into and never mind the tremendous uh, ecological waste of printing these things, putting them in cardboard yeah. or plastic and then mailing them all over the place. Just send me a link. Send yeah. me a link, Hollywood. Well, also, I, I'd like to work again someday. So please don't right. take anything like <laughs> that seriously. You have a DVD player, right? Probably. No. Do you have a PS4? Your son probably yeah, does. That was the, the maybe the greatest error I ever made in my life. Was getting your son a PS4? No, I got a PS3 originally uh-huh. because uh, a, a friend named Kenneth Plume, who, know, who knows and knew what he was talking about, told me that that was the best Blu-ray player. And this goes back to, you know, 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. When physical media was still a, a thing we were thinking about. And Blu-ray was kind of maybe going to happen. Yeah. And and I'm like, what's the best one to get? And Ken told me, Ken, who has a great podcast called A Bit of a Chat, which I'll plug. I do, I, it's a wonderful conversation podcast, wonderful conversationalist. Ken, Ken Plume, look him up. Uh, Ken uh, said, well, really, the, the PlayStation is the best one because it's the only one that updates automatically. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I was like, but this is a great excuse to get a, a game console as well. Yeah. And... It was, and I, and I had played some video games in the nineties, you know, cause I had no, no family. <laughs> yeah. No prospects, no family. What else was I going to do, but stay up all night playing thief uh, or Tomb Raider. Right. But, and I, and I had just gotten kidnapped by television and gotten the, this completely unexpected job on the daily show. So I had a little bit of money and I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll get a video game. And our kids were really too little to play video games. So uh, and, and, uh, I was like, I just, I got back into video games for a bit, but then this thing was lying around to be discovered by both of our children and especially yeah. my son. And now the PS, the PS four is now a huge, huge, huge part of his life and quarantine. And it's, um, because we do not live in several rooms, check. Right. Uh, I feel, uh, we, we, our living space is one big living room, dining room, TV area, kitchen, I feel like I've spent the past several, several fortnights in Fortnite, if you know what I mean. Like Is that just, what he's playing? It's all that, Apex Legends, a little bit of Elder Scrolls. He, he rolls a lot of different dice, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So I've been so playing. So yeah, well, I, uh, we can play it. Sorry, you go. Well, I've been gaming a little bit uh, again in the uh, quarantine, and I've been yeah. talking a lot on the show, but I've, uh, I bought my first headset of my life. Yeah. And I've actually been yeah. playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online with Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison. Oh, that's fun. And so late at night, because they're on the West Coast, we will yeah. f- form a posse and spend a couple of hours robbing banks and and fishing and hunting and killing people. And it's, it's been so much fun. You need to get out there in the world with your friends, even <laughs> if it's virtually. Don't kill it's people. Been great. Unless you're in a video game. I've been having a great time. It's really, but yeah, fun. no, I mean, you know, uh, we have the, we have the ability to play a, a, a physical media 
And I guess that that was the year that I sat down and I was like, I'm going to watch as many of these nominated films as I can see. Yeah. And you know, it's good. It's good. It's good to force yourself to see something absolutely new. Right. Rather than, because there's so much out there that's just, you know, rehash or reboot. And there's also, there's so much of a inclination right now to just go back to the comfort, to the comfort food, especially now. For sure. Like watch Raiders of the Lost Ark for the 27th time. Yeah. Yeah, All right. That's a good idea. Number five, John. Is that on your list? I've seen that one. No, it's not an indie movie. Uh, I know you've seen this. I feel pretty sure from your Coolidge uh, Corner Theater days. Uh, A little movie from a filmmaker named Jim Jarmusch called Stranger Than Paradise. Yes. Okay. Shout out to the Coolidge Corner Theater in Brookline, Massachusetts, my hometown. They're doing virtual screenings like a lot of small. I heard about that. Local movie theaters are doing, you know, if you've got a local movie theater, local small independent movie theater in your community, check out and see if they're doing any virtual screenings. It's a great, great way to support uh, your local uh, independent movie theater. Totally. Totally but did, Where did I, where did I see, did I see Strangers in Paradise in the theater? I think I saw it on video. Probably. Because Down by Law was screened at the great. Brookline Arts Center. Great movie. And Sam Potts and I went to see it, and that was the first time I ever heard the music of Tom Waits in that opening credit sequence. And then, of course, Tom Waits is in the movie. Uh, just that movie reshaped my brain. It's one of the ones that reshaped my brain. So then I went back and watched Stranger, Strangers in Paradise, which is a good movie, too. Yeah, I have been uh, listening to a lot of Tom Waits again as someone who I used to love, who I didn't listen to for a little while, and I've, I've picked it back up. And uh, I was thinking about how distressed I was when you told me that David Reese had, had changed your mind about Tom Waits, and I hope that didn't stick. Well, no, I still love Tom Waits. I mean, David Reese's point, and, I, and he shares this point of view with a lot of people, is that that he's a phony tom Tom waits is this big you know he's a he's a maybe a talented musician but he's also a cosplayer basically like he's gone through phases of various iterations of the sort of phony hobo act now i've met people who know tom waits Uh and they say not an act he's just a genuinely eccentric guy which i trust and believe but yeah you 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 know you you you, he went through a beat like a beatnik phase into this sort of like screaming hobo noise phase. Yeah, he, he was a great reinventor, but there's no question that his music is theatrical and performative. That he's playing characters as opposed to yeah, exactly what a lot what a lot of white dudes think singers, songwriters, and rock musicians should be, which is sincere. You know what I mean? Like stripped down, you're just seeing the raw me. Whereas Tom Waits, you're like. Sometimes you see this guy and sometimes you see this guy. (laughs) Uh, And when, you know, sometimes someone shows you something in a fresh way and you can't unsee what they've shown you. Yeah. But I'll take Tom Waits. I'll take Tom Waits. No offense. I'll take Tom Waits's Jersey girl over Bruce Springsteen's Jersey girl any day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen is an incredible musician and person you mm-hmm. know what i mean and he's who a performer the, too who plays a role right i don't think that people who i mean maybe may true bruce fans the casual bruce fan the image of bruce had been at least for a long time being like this is just a regular guy right playing 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 from his heart as opposed to tom waits which is i have a hat on and i sing into a can <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> That was a great song. I, was I remember always, that. I was always a you know like give me the guy with the hat on who's singing into a can <laughs> yeah, like totally. I don't need I don't need sincerity. Let me see this guy. Let me see this guy 
wearing a washboard for a uh, underwear or whatever. Like I liked, I liked him. Well, it's funny though, because Bruce Springsteen uh, in this most recent Broadway performance, which was very uh, storytelling, yeah. was very upfront about the fact that he's a big phony, and like he's like I'm a rich guy. He's like I'm not. Right. I'm not a New Jersey street guy. Right. And he's yeah, like, this I mean, is a performance, you know, I'm playing a role as well. Well, yeah, but I think he came up with wearing his heart on his sleeve. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he had early success and he's been successful ever since. But yeah, I mean, any, anyone who's a performer is going to be giving a performance, right? I, exactly. And I can, get, I can get why Bruce, who, by the way, I have all the respect in the world for his artistry and his, you know, personship. He, you know, I, I've, I, he's incredible. But you know, I I get why Bruce has a little bit of an imposter complex because he's he's been a wildly successful internationally known and financially successful performer mm-hmm. for almost all of his career. But he is singing songs from the point of view of you know down and out folk. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a that's, that's a circle deal. to square. That's a hard circle to square for any successful performer. And you know, particularly, it's like you know all of all of the. All of the, you know, sort of comedy purists who are out there yelling at comedians for being, you know, not being honest and raw. Right. And like, well, you know, your your honest and raw, quote unquote, comedy heroes are hiding something, too. They're hiding the fact that they they rent Porsches and then leave them at the (laughs) (laughs) and then don't bother to return them. Right. (laughs) And then call and then call the rental desk from the airplane saying, oh, yeah, I left it on Sepulveda in the in the in and out, you know, parking lot. Go get it. You'll have to text me as whose that was, because that sounds way too real. That's a that's a real story. (laughs) That's a real story. Like, you know, they're. Yeah. But but Bruce, look, everybody you perform. You're everyone is a performer is a performer. That's the way it goes. So right. I I don't buy that whole Tom Waits is a phony thing. Yeah, but and I love Tom, and I love Tom Waits, but like Tom Waits, particularly a lot of the early stuff that I mind melded with when I was in my late teens, early twenties. Yeah, to me, it's now it's like the Beatles. Like I can't hear those songs again. I hear them and I can I every, every I've heard them. They're so brilliant. They're so perfect, and every note in them is so ingrained into the folds of my brain. It's like there's no need to listen to it again. Well, that's I'm not discovering listen. anything new. <laughs> All right, John, number six. A movie from Gus Van Zandt called My Own Private Idaho. Never saw it. Oh, okay. Never saw it. But may I offer this? Sure. There are a lot of games that you play around movie titles. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what movie titles just naturally sound like you're, like, a reference to using the bathroom? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll leave Operation Jumbo Drop just there. You know, that's one. <laughs> They're like, how do you, how do you change a word or a phrasing in the title of the movie to make it, it's a, a porno version. Uh-huh. And I remember distinctly an evening in the late nineties, hanging out with my, my New York friends with whom many of whom I'm still friends with. I think we were at Sam Potts's house. I've met that guy. And we're, and yeah, he's a great guy. And uh, we were, we were playing this game, like change the title of a movie to make it a, is this inappropriate for your podcast? It's all appropriate. It's fine. Change change the title of the movie to make it a porn version. And Christine Connor, my old high school friend, still our best friend, pipes in with, how about my own private guy to blow? <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. 
it's hard it's hard to get better than that That's seared in my brain forever all right, John, number seven is a movie that came out, I believe, last year or the year before, starring uh, or featuring Patrick Stewart, a little movie about neo-Nazis called Green Room. Green Room. Saw it. Okay. Great. Late at night. Good movie. Probably probably with a martini, and my and I think I could probably easily watch it again and not know what happened. Yeah. Because my, my mind erased it. It was too late at night. Yeah. It, my it mind erases excellent. the tapes at midnight. <laughs> Uh, number eight. But I will say, well, I'll say this about Gus Van Sant. I was recently rethinking and thinking about rewatching Midnight Cowboy, which is a kind of a forgotten, beautiful sure. indie movie starring um, Matt Dillon. Oh, no, no. Drugstore Cowboy. Excuse me. Drugstore Cowboy. Right. Midnight Cowboy is also a great movie. Yeah. Drugstore Thank Cowboy you. is excellent. Drugstore Cowboy is, I think, one of those movies that just kind of dis- disappeared from film nerds' minds uh-huh. to a certain degree. Like it's not talked about or discussed. Maybe it doesn't deserve to be. I haven't re- I haven't relived it since I saw it. Steve no, Zahn is awesome. in it. Yeah, young Steve Zahn, uh, Kelly Lynch. It's Kelly Lynch. He- Heather Graham, Ro- I believe. Will- yeah, William S. Burroughs is in it. Yeah, that's right. Matt it's Dillon. A, I remember it very very well, and um, and yet it 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 slips from the mind such that I referred to it as midnight midnight cowboy instead of drugstore cowboy. Dumb. I'm walking Dumb. here. Hey, I'm I'm stealing Delauded over here. <laughs> Uh, hey, don't put a hat on a bed over here. I'm, I'm going through the transom into the drugstore to steal the Delauded over here. Yay. Oh, that's right. Hat on the bed was bad luck, right? Hat on the bed. Don't put a hat on the bed. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, All right, John, number eight, a little movie from Todd Haynes about uh, Julianne Moore losing her mind. Safe. Yes. See, I thought you were going to be talking about indie movies like from the past century. Or this century. No, this is Yeah, I'm going to see all the ones in the 90s. We're the same age or close to it. All the ones in the 90s I'm going to have seen, I think. Yeah, safe. I saw that one. That might be the only Todd Haynes that I've seen. Oh, seriously? You've never seen Far From Heaven? Mm, So good. Which one is that? Which one is that one again? Far From Heaven was the one, again, with Julianne Moore and uh, uh, um, Dennis Quaid. Quaid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Husband in the 1950s. Closet gay gay man. Yeah, I saw that. So that was great. Or Velvet right. Goldmine. Never saw it. All right. I figured you'd be. But yes, I saw say I saw safe. All right. Here's an older one. Number okay. nine, a movie yeah. from John Cassavetes called the killing of a Chinese bookie. No, never saw it. Put that on the no column. Okay. Great movie. All right. I'll put it in my think about column. All right. I'll think I'll put it on, <laughs> put it in my, my little ongoing list in my computer that says Chuck's homework for me. Uh, number 10, a movie from director John sales about a, a group of coal miners. Matawan or Matawan. Yeah. I think it's Matawan. I'm not positive though. It's it, named for a town, I think in Pennsylvania, but I've never seen that particular movie. No, or maybe I did. Maybe I did. in during some, 1987, Chris Cooper's in it. Mm, I think he's in it. He's in most of his movies. No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. I'm telling oh, okay. you right now. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this was in my wheelhouse. I would have been 16 at this time. This was my wheelhouse that I probably would have rolled it on VHS because I was such a pretentious art house nerd. So yes um, column or no column? I mean, you got to be pretty may- sure. I think it's a maybe. I have a very vague feeling of having seen it. There is no maybe column, so. All right, but I didn't know then, probably not. All right. I'm not going to take credit for watching it unless I'm sure. Right, sure. Mary Mary McDonald, Battlestar Galactica's Mary McDonald was in it. Mm-hmm, interesting. Uh, number 11, a, a wonderful little romantic indie film from a few years ago uh, shot in Athens, Georgia called The Spectacular Now. No, I don't know anything about this movie. See, here we go. Great movie about young love. Uh, a great movie about young love. Who, who's in it? What's the deal? Uh, who is in it is the young lady. I can't remember her name. That was in the Descendants, that played Clooney's oldest daughter. 
uh, uh, what's her name? What is the name of the movie? The Spectacular Now. The Spectacular Now. Yeah. The guy from... Uh, I'm not I'm not ashamed to just look it up. I think Miles Teller was the lead. Miles boy. Teller, Brie Larson, yeah. Bob Odenkirk, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jennifer Jason Lee, Kyle Chandler, Shailene Woodley. Yeah, that's her. Shailene Woodley. That That's who it is. Really, that's really cool. good movie. Shot in quite Athens. A, quite a cast. Shot in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, very, very good movie. All right. So, All right. I'll put that on the list. The score right now, John, is six to five. Six yays. Oh, I didn't realize that I was... What happens if I lose against myself? Nothing. We just okay. like to keep score. Uh, number 12, a wonderful little movie from last year, from uh, written and directed oh, the by... Di- the director is James Ponsold, and it says that he went to Yale University, so I should get a screener from Skull and Bones for that. Oh, that's right. That's your old uh, oh. high school. Well, yeah, my old high school. <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, a movie from writer and director Bo Burnham that was just lovely called Eighth no. Grade. No, I, I have, I didn't see that. And you know why? No. I was worried that that movie was going to crush me flat. It's pretty crushing. Yeah. I mean, not like sad, but just real for someone who's got a high school daughter. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a parent of teenagers, like I, same, same reason I couldn't see Lady Bird uh, yet. I will see them both, but I just felt like, oh, like. I could just tell it was going to be a beautiful, great movie that was just going to hollow me out emotionally. Not yeah. not sad. Do you know what I mean? Just be mm-hmm. like too much. No. I'm too much you. to take in. Yeah. You need to see Lady Bird, though. I know. I need to see Lady Bird. I got look, I got a lot of Chuck Bryan homework. Uh, you got a lot of holes. So number 13, a movie from director Harmony Corrine, Gummo. No. I didn't see that either. No, I did not see it. I did not see it because I did not see kids. I and saw I saw kids. the trail. I saw the trailer for kids, and I was so you know I'm a good kid. I'm not a bad kid. They scared you, didn't they? Those kids scared me. Those <laughs> bad kids. <laughs> Those bad kids. I was like, I don't want to give. I don't want to like. I knew that they were actors, but I was like, I don't want to give my money to those bad kids. <laughs> kids. Harmony Corrine used to live above the restaurant Savoy. Uh, it was this weird situation where. His apartment door was basically in the upstairs dining room of this restaurant. So you would see him and there's a, uh, there's a bar upstairs and he would just sort of wander through the bar to go home. It was a very weird New York thing. Yeah. Gummo did not appeal to me. I had no interest. The kids was great, but Gummo just looked too gross. He directed spring breakers, right? Yeah. I didn't never, I never saw that. I heard it was pretty good. I liked it. It was the, I think that might be the only movie of his that I have seen. Okay. Because I couldn't see I couldn't see his movie because I'm a good kid and he was my age or a little bit younger and it just it always rubbed me the wrong way when people my age were sort of plucked from obscurity and called geniuses. Right. <laughs> and I, I and I wasn't. And you felt highly no pluckable. <laughs> I wanted to get plucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So it was a little bit of a, I can't say that I was into uh yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. So this movie, I have a feeling you have probably seen because it is about you in some ways, a Whit Stillman movie called Metropolitan. Yeah. I saw Metropolitan. Okay. Yeah. Whit Stillman. I, I didn't have, Whit Stillman was more up my alley. I figured that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smarty, smart, smarty pants, good kids trying to be bad kids. 
It's tied up, John. Seven to seven. Yeah, that feels fair. Uh, number is it, is it the tiebreaker? <laughs> no, well, we go through twenty. Oh, okay. There number. I better. Uh, I better. I better st- talk less about them. No, that's right. Uh, number four. Uh, I'm sorry. Number fifteen. No, that's right. We'll cut it all anyway. A movie called Tulane Blacktop. Is that a David Lynch movie? No, it is not. It is a movie, sort of the original car chase movie, uh, starring two singers. It starred, uh, I think, Dennis Wilson and James Taylor. Oh, wow. How about that? 1971. 1971 road movie. Yeah. I didn't know. I never knew that James Taylor had ever been in a movie. All right. This this one I'm happy to put on my, uh, happy to put on my uh, uh, homework sheet. All right. Dennis Wilson, of course, famous housemate of Charles Manson, drummer That's right. for the Beach Boys. <laughs> That's right. Charles Didn't... Manson. He took Charles Manson in. He's like, "Why don't you cut?" He's a good judge of character. He's like, "Hey, you seem cool. We're talking. We like we like to talk about songs together. Come live in my house." And then Charles Manson moved all of his girlfriends in. Yeah. And Dennis Wilson's like, "Yeesh, these people are cuckoo birds," and yeah. he just left. He left, and he didn't come back. He gave them the house. He's like, I'll he just had five others. Yeah, because he was the drummer for the Beach Boys. Also, want to shout out the great uh, and very much underrated cult favorite album from Dennis Wilson called Pacific Ocean Blue from 1977. Yeah. Chuck, if you want to hear a really moving recounting of that phase of Dennis Wilson's life and his friendship with Charles Manson, and if you haven't listened to it already, it's a few years old now, but listen to Karina Longworth's sequence of you must remember this podcast yeah that's a great show about about manson and hollywood it's i think it's 13 12 episodes 12 or 13 episodes just talking about not just the history of the charles manson the manson family and the various people that got ensnared in his web of acquaintances and victims but also what was going on in hollywood at the time that made it possible for charles manson to meet Dennis Wilson and right. major film producers and, in, you know, sort of entrench himself in this world. It's a really, as a movie person, you would, re- I mean, obviously you must remember this is an incredible podcast about m- movie history, Hollywood yeah. history specifically. But that sequence is like, I always say that those 13 episodes are one of the best books I've ever read, even though you don't read it. Like you're just listening. Yeah. It's great. I tried to get her on uh, movie crush and it did not happen, but I'm going to try again. Yeah, try again. She's bit, you know, she's busy, but her thing about Dennis Wilson is and particularly Pacific Blue is really amazing. You you dig it, I think. Yeah, it's a great album. Uh number 16, a movie from Adam Egoyan from 1991 called The Adjuster. This was playing at the Coolidge Corner Movie Theater when I was working there. I had a feeling, that's why I picked it. And it has that, I don't think that I ended up seeing it. What were the other Adam McGoyan movies? I feel like I've seen at least one. He did, uh, the ones from back then, uh, when he was doing kind of weird art, art house type movies. Um, let me see here. The adjuster. And this uh, star, this starred Elias Codius. I remember that. Yeah. I have to say, uh, I probably didn't, guys. I, I probably didn't see it. I, I worked it. I ripped tickets. I definitely saw the end credits several times. Uh, Exotica was one of the big ones. The Sweet Hereafter was a big one. Uh, those were some of his earlier films, and he yeah, sort of no, fell I think, off my radar I think a little the, bit. Yeah, The Adjuster. He's kind of, yeah, Canadian guy. Yeah, good good movie. Weird, strange movie about an insurance adjuster. Right. Um, I missed it. Missed it, I gotta say. 
All right. I think I counted that as a no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number 17, a movie that I have a feeling you've seen uh, from director and writer Hal Hartley called Surviving Desire. Nope. What? I'm, no. I, I figured don't you were I've all seen... over Hal Hartley. No, I never really got into Hal Hartley. Oh, okay. Though I worked with him. Really? He directed He directed an episode of Red Oaks that I was in. Oh. That was incredible because... Now I want to check the surviving desire. No, I never saw surviving desire. It was great. Um, uh, because so I, I worked on a couple episodes of the second season, I believe it was of red Oaks on Amazon, which is a great, funny, sweet comedy with an incredible performance by Paul Reiser in it. Um, as well as my, my friend Ennis Esmer as the tennis club pro, but it's basically like a combination of dazed and confused and, uh, 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 what's the famous Ted Knight golfing Caddyshack, com- right? It's like a combination of Caddyshack and dazed and confused. It's like Red set Oaks in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, it's set at a, set at a tennis club in the eighties called Red Oaks Sounds and great. it's sort of a sweet coming of age story. Um, the main character, oh, hang on. let me know what I'm talking about here when I talk about these. I haven't ever heard of that. I got to check that out. Red Oaks. And yeah. Red is- Oaks was, it's great. It was, it was, uh, created by Joe Gangemi and Gregory Jacobs. And the, the main character is Craig Roberts. Uh, the actor Craig Roberts, who's, who was in Richard Iowate's great coming of age movie submarine. If you haven't seen that, I have not. Um, but Craig, so it's like Craig Roberts is a young aspiring filmmaker who spends the summer making a little bit of money teaching tennis at this ritzy, uh, uh, you know, country club called Red Oaks in New Jersey in the eighties. So it's a period piece. It's, it's really, really funny. Like his parents are played by Richard Kind and Jennifer Gray. Paul Reiser plays the, the husband of his girlfriend. He's got all these great and Ennis Esmer plays the tennis pro and Ennis is incredible. If you don't know Ennis, check him out. He's just an incredibly funny actor, but um, yeah. And I had, I had this little recurring role as the manager of a public access cable station. <laughs> and it was incredible because I got to meet all of these actors that I, you know, loved and admired and they brought back, t- they or, and they brought in tons of independent, you know, directors, particularly from the eighties. Yeah. Uh, to direct episodes. And I got to work with Hal Hartley. I got to work with Amy Heckerling. That was incredible. She was so amazing. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at the direct, the, uh, Greg Araki directed some too. That's a yeah, great lineup I worked with of directors. Greg, I worked with Greg Araki. It was, uh, you know, for a, for a, you know, a, a person who saw maybe 50% of the indie movies, I guess, how's my, how's my rating now? Am I at 50% or 49%, would you say? You got to sweep the last three to get to 50%. Okay. Well, in any case, maybe I'll sweep the last three. David Gordon Green. <laughs> it was just an incredible lineup, both in front of and behind the camera. And the show was terrific. And, you know, I, I, they did a third season uh, without me. But, you know, there you go. That's what happens. All right. Number 18, John, a movie from, I have a feeling you are not going to sweep these, a movie from 2015 uh, called Dope. No, did not see it. Different kind of coming of age period piece, though. Yes. Set very, in the early 90s. Yes. Very wonderful movie. A lot of these are coming of age now that I'm looking at it. 
Uh, number 19, a movie that was also sort of a musical or music influenced called Once. No, didn't see it, even though Sarah Reed told me to. And I take her homework very seriously, too. Failed to see it. I was supposed to be in Ireland. That's about Irish musicians, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to be in Ireland for the first time in my life last week. Uh, but obviously, that trip got canceled. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, and finally, just we've got to finish these, uh, even though you will not reach 50%. A wonderful okay. movie called Sing Street. No. Do you know that movie? No. Why would... Oh, come on. Sing Street. <laughs> Look it up. It's right, it's right up your alley. 2016 musical coming of age drama film. Yeah. Really good. Tell me... It's set in pitch Dublin. Me, pitch me on it. Pitch me on it. Okay. Ireland in the 80s. Uh, coming of age story. It's really, really wonderful. You would love it. When was the last time you saw The Commitments? Speaking of... Oh, jeez. Musical Irish coming of age. I haven't seen it since then. I had not seen it since then either. And as we were planning this family trip to Ireland, I'm like, let's take a look at this again. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It's a gorgeous movie. So it holds up? Completely. Completely. Now, however you may feel about the cultural appropriation of uh, white North Dub white working class North Dubliners singing yeah. soul songs. Right. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's done with so much love. And the movie is just gorgeous. It's gorgeous movie. Alan Parker. Yeah. Is the director of that. Very underrated yeah. director, I think too. Yeah. It's, uh, and the, and you know, it became such a cliche to put that soundtrack on in the nineties. Yeah. But you know, like the guy, the actor who plays Deco, the lead singer. Yeah. Try a little tenderness. Yeah, that they were all that they were all playing their music. Like yeah. it was for real. And his his oh, just watching this I love a heist movie or the band getting together movie. Oh, me too, you man. Know what I, mean? I love a heist movie. Yeah. What's your favorite heist movie? <sighs> and if it's not Sexy Beast, then the answer is wrong. <laughs> Sexy Beast. <laughs> that movie was so fucking great. That was such a a rando movie that I wandered into at the at the theater in Union Square with John Sellers one afternoon, long before we had children or just bef just around the time, and uh, we were like, "Let's see this thing." And it was that's such a great great movie with Ian McShane and obviously Ben Kingsley. Yeah, so good. And um, Ray and, Winston. Uh, Ray Winston. Yeah, boy, oh boy, what a delight that was. Yeah, that movie. Um, yes, 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 uh -huh. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> fucking yes. That movie had one of the more original um, uh, vault break-in scenes that I've ever seen. I don't know if you remember, they did it underwater. They flooded it. Oh, right. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Oh, I got to rewatch that one. Yeah, me too. That's on the list for me to rewatch. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, that's all the time we have for episode one. I think you're going to stick around and do another one? Yeah, I can, I can go all the way up until just a little bit before 2 p.m. Fantastic. So we're going to wrap for now. Thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, stay safe and be kind to one another. And we'll see you next week. What was my final? What was my final? Final uh, total was uh, you started off pretty hot. Uh, seven yeah. yeses and 13 no's. Yeah, but that's that's 13. That's 13 movies that I get to watch now. Yeah, 13 opportunities. That's a good way to look at it. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here and do another episode. All right. Bye, everybody.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.